Hello and welcome back to the Couch CM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Sage Burnin Chamberlain. <laughs> How's it going, Matt? It still cracks me up <laughs> every I'm, time. I, t- I told you I'm doing that every time you're, from now on. You're committed to it. I'm I, committed. I appreciate that. Um, I'm fantastic, Ryan. It's a wonderful Sunday here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma. my 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 uh, heart can't be snapped in half by my fantasy football team anymore. So that's positive. No, that's thing. We've been put out of our misery. Yeah. Yeah. So like, now, now we can focus on fantasy basketball. I, yeah, I have given up on that, too, a long time ago, because I <laughs> suck at that. <laughs> it's, also, it's a disaster. It's always a disaster for me, too. Well, this is episode 96, and before we get into the show much further, uh, let me remind you to follow us on our social media on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you search for the NBA Couch Game Podcast, you'll find us. Uh, we may have a rebrand coming coming soon. We may not. That's the thing. There's uh, There's work being done. There are things being done. That is correct. Uh, and if you haven't already, uh, follow us and subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice and give us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Matt, what people miss in episode 95? So we talked about all the injuries that had came up um, around the Christmas Day games and, and shortly thereafter. We talked about the James Harden trade saga, which continues to linger um but he's back on the court now kind of um he's he's out there um we talked about some early season regrets the charlottes and the chicago's of the world um i don't know i don't want to say breaking our hearts because we we weren't that committed to them but they're not doing great um and then probably most importantly we gave award predictions um, one of our favorite segments every year, going through MVPs, um, MIPs, and other awards. And then we gave our League Pass watch for the week. We talked a lot about the Spurs last week, Ryan. So I, I put them out there as my team to watch. I had the Lakers a couple times. Um, and we saw one nasty DeMar DeRozan slam Just on Montrez. Yam. Yeah. Um, I think he had a block on one end. Or Trez got blocked on one end and then dunked on the other. Like, right in the same sequence. Some Clippers fans felt vindication for that sequence, right? The Lakers won the game by, like, 20. But, like, (laughs) that was cool. And uh, the Spurs overall, including that the day of recording game, went 2-3 and throughout the week. But overall, fun games. Um, And then you, we talked about the Suns also last week. So they were your team. They went 4-1. and Suns still still staying spicy early on. Red hot. So uh, Chris Paul hit some daggers. Clutch. It's... It's stuff you you came to know and love over the last year, Ryan. Yeah, and uh, he's still doing it. It's like when you acquire the most clutch player in the NBA, one of the most clutch, clutch players according to stats. Uh, he turns up to be clutch for your team. Yeah, it's who like knew? That's, that's just how it works. Um, that's why the Thunder's fourth quarter lineups last year, those three guards just, just killed were, people. Yep, and now it's like okay, now let's insert Devin Booker. Yeah, right. So. I, I, I get why the Suns have been outperforming many people's expectations um, so far this early, early on in the season. So that brings us to this week, Matt. And there have been a lot of things going on. I don't know if you've been keeping up with this. But you know, I've been watching a lot. League pass. Coming in clutch. Yeah. The uh, injury extravaganza continues yes. <laughs> this week. Uh, so Danilo Gallinari... I'm going to just hit these quick, is out with two weeks with sprained ankle. John Morant went out uh, right before Christmas, right after Christmas? 
It was a couple days ago. Like, yeah, around, yeah, around I guess it was, New Year's. Yeah, it was this week. Uh, I was out three to five weeks with an ankle injury. <clears throat> that hurts Memphis because they were already down without Jared Jackson he Jr. Was acting like his leg got cut off. Yeah, he had a wheelchair, yeah. wheelchair off. Yeah, but uh, it actually was serious. But it wasn't the Paul Pierce situation no, no, where, no, no. He, where he did stuff in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> he pooped himself. <laughs> I have to bring that up every time I get the chance to. Uh, TJ Warren is out for the season with a leg injury uh, and surgery, unfortunately. Uh, I think it was a, a leg break of some sort. Um, so that's a big loss for the Pacers mm-hmm. early on. Uh, Zach Collins is out indefinitely for the Trailblazers, another big loss to them. Uh, it seems to be a storyline every year, unfortunately. So For the Blazers and him. Yeah, so that's unfortunate for him. Uh, there was a lot of high hopes for him this season and getting back healthy. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie suffers a partially torn ACL and is out for season for the Brooklyn Nets, which is a big blow to them and their depth, which has been a big selling point for the Nets early on, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. And then Kevin Love is out three to four weeks with a calf injury. And boy, oh boy, that's not great for the uh, Cavs' uh, trade market situation. Yeah, I know. They're they're trying to um, look competent this year. And yeah. they're not doing a bad job so far. But this injury doesn't help that. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of a bummer. All these injuries are just bummers. Because, uh, like, John Morant was just, like, dominating. Right, like, early like, on. Still doing John Morant things. And... Right, it's like him doing what he does though, and like soaring for a block and like yeah. just landing awkwardly, and just it's like watching Russell Westbrook, right? Like <laughs> yep. then that was like the comp coming in for him was like super athlete, flies around, he's going to get hurt, but it looks really cool and it's really effective. So, do you think the uh, lack or shortened preseason and training camps and everything are playing into this, or it's just just kind of what it is normally anyway? I mean, most of these guys haven't really played a ton. Um, like, it, it's not like we're seeing Lakers or Clippers or, you know, any of those late season run run teams really uh, pop up with injuries. So maybe that's some of it. I mean, sprained ankles, like with John Morant, it's going to happen in a game anyway. I'm sure there's some study that might might help with, like, show that, that that's the case, but I I don't know, just some of the stuff that we've seen early on so far. Like, Spencer Dinwiddie had knee issues before. Right. Um, so maybe maybe that shortened preseason, maybe that shortened time off did affect him. Uh, but they also had a lot of time off between March and Good point. August, ju- end of July. So, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Um, I think that it's largely the same as it would be. Yeah. Largely. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, like, maybe you take one off this yeah. list but like every year we get into this like guys who even if they did take the, like the offseason seriously like this stuff just happens like it's sports yeah so like i don't want to say like because of 2020 and covid and everything and like this is what happens but like i i think this is largely what it is like maybe it's like because a gallinari spread ankle random happens jaw right. flying around this happens maybe you say like the tj warren one i don't know i'm just picking one here but, like, because his was a stress fracture in his foot. And he's had foot problems, I'm pretty sure, before, though. Like, the Dinwiddie yeah. thing. Like, it's happened before. So, like, I don't know. You know, I'm not reading too much into that part of it. it I'm just looking at it from the basketball side of it. Like, it just sucks. Um, 
The Gallinari thing, I think, is a real real bummer because the Hawks were, like, something to start the Uh, season. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, like, they were, uh, like... They they were playing you and me the first, like, three games. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, they were, like, a dumpster fire like they were last year. Sure. They were a smaller dumpster fire. They weren't a bottom five team in the league. Uh, Defensively. Defensively, (laughs) they are. Yeah, for sure. Offensively, they may be one of the better teams that, that we have out there. Um, but I, I don't know. I, it's a bummer that injuries happen in general because like, I just want to watch like good, healthy teams. And it's when we don't get that, it just devalues what we're watching every night. Right. Sure. Um, more bench players. Right. Yeah. Guys like Peyton Pritchard are now going to be starting now. And that's a joke, but, um, (laughs) uh, speaking of watching NBA ratings are up. Uh, from 2019 to start 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 of the season, do you think that's part of we're starting later in December? Football's winding down, and people are looking for things to watch other than football. And football's kind of been, I don't know. They've just, re- ah. it feels they've really been hit by the injury bug this year. Um, I I think a bit of it. Yeah, yeah, is like you avoided that conflict. Like pretty much any fan that wanted to, like got tuned for like the opening night and Christmas and all that and. Right, we're still in like that time of year where like a lot of people have time off work too, yeah. though. Yeah. Right, because of Christmas and New Year's and everything. So like, I I'll I'll be more interested like February first, March first, mm. mm. like if this is keeping up or not. Yeah. But I, I again, I'm excited for it. Like, I I feel like a lot of teams feel like they have a chance this year still. So I'm into it. Yeah, I think that I I think it also speaks to the diversity of talent in the league right now. It's not just the Warriors and Cavs like we had even several like, season, seasons ago. Right. Like even like though Minnesota's bad and probably isn't making the playoffs, you have Carl Anthony Towns and the number one pick. Right. Like that's cool. Yeah. Like there there's not many teams that are like unwatchable. Yeah, exactly. And even some teams that we thought would be unwatchable are kind of watchable this year. Shout out OKC. Uh <laughs> yeah i can't watch them now I, Co- i've Co- watched Co- that out. half and I, and I was just like they scored like 60 points against like charlotte and i was kind of just bored i was like man this is like just kind of not fun to watch but they were somehow winning yeah they somehow ended up winning that game was insane still blows my mind need a tank yeah tank for Cade. hashtag tank for Cade. uh some other uh contract news here speaking of the timberwolves they exercise options for, on Josh Koji and Jared Culver, which is smart. Expected, like yeah. they weren't just letting those guys walk. Um, and some kind of Twitter drama here, maybe, is that Marvin Bagley's dad asked for a trade for Marvin Bagley, maybe. and we think, like we we don't even know if that's like his account. Is it like official? I, I mean, I think it's his dad's account that was tweeting mm, that, mm. right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was like when they were losing to the Rockets the other day. It's like, get my son out of there. This is ridiculous and all that. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I'm not the biggest Bagley guy. He's not bad. Right. He's really not. But like, you know, and maybe Sacramento really isn't the place for him. But you're still like, what, in your third year now? Yeah. I mean, he, one of those years played you lost games yet. to injury. Right. So like, I don't know. If the Kings, you can't trade him yet. Unless you're getting, like, James Harden or something. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Maybe you convince yourselves in James Harden and throw in Buddy Heald and get get oh. out of that situation. 
then why didn't you bring back Bogdanovich? That's a great question. <laughs> the Kings are as perplexing as they are exciting, which is which is saying something. Yeah, you're Sacramento Kings, Ryan. I'm back on the bandwagon, and I may have regretted it because, like, after starting like two and one or three and one or something like that, they're now three and three, uh, which is uh, not great considering that they've just played like Houston twice, mm. and it's feel like on these back backs, I think we're seeing a lot of one and ones happening. Uh, and to not get one of those games is a little yeah, concerning. that's tough. Especially for a team that's like probably battling for about the same spots as you. Yeah. In the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so, that's it for the news. Some nice Twitter drama there at the end. We always get that with the NBA news. I love it. Like, Sacramento, you get... Sometimes you get the bad with Marvin Bagley's dad. And sometimes you get the good with Rashawn Holmes's mom. Just like <laughs> putting out nice things. So, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, it's amazing. It's the most Sacramento Kings thing ever. <laughs> have parents kind of just throwing their four you know two cents out there all right let's move on let's go to the <laughs> i'm done uh i'm over the kings so let's move on to, uh our main topic for today we're gonna go early season surprises we're about six games in now for every team um some a little more a little less but roughly six games in which weirdly enough that means we're like about nine game nine percent of the way through the season um it's wild already so let's do a a couple good a couple bad and then one that i want to say they look better than expected and we already thought they were going to be good yeah so we'll talk about a couple teams that we didn't think were going to be good and i'm not saying they are good but (laughs) (laughs) they're better than we thought which is saying something but right right both of these teams and so two teams that you know very easily could be at the literally like just the bottom of the barrel in the nba are the Cavs and the Knicks. Yeah. And so far, so far, the Cavs are four and two. The Cavs are, th- and the Knicks are three and three. Um, the and Knicks like, being 500 in January, if you would have told me that in 2018 <laughs> when we started this podcast, I would have fallen out of my chair. The Knicks being 500 in January. <laughs> that's great. Um, the Knicks, like, don't post the record, but, like, put that banner up. <laughs> that might be the only one you're getting for a bit, but put that up. Finally, uh-huh. tw- eight, eight, or finally 500 in January. That's there it incredible. Is. Um, yeah, the fact that these teams so far just don't suck is, like, better than they probably were at any point last year. Okay, so I'm going to kind of toot my horn a little bit on one of these teams. And I said in our, like, Eastern Conference breakdown uh, that the Cavs weren't going to be the, like, terrible to watch. They're at least going to be fun. Uh and boy, oh boy, Colin Sexton is a fun player to watch. I think he's like in that D'Iron Fox category for me now. He's yeah. like a super fun player to watch. I, like any time a Cavs game's on, like I'm gonna interesting like watch for at least ten minutes. Yeah, try and get catch some of him. My the guy I said it was gonna be the MIP. Yeah, um, Colin Sexton. I really like his game. Yeah, like, and that's the thing when he came out of Alabama. I think this is his third year. Mm-hmm. Um. He he's one of the fastest guys on the court, right? Like with the ball, without the ball, he's just nothing but pure speed. And it's like he's finally figured out, like, oh, if I slam on the brakes, my defender will go flying the other way, <laughs> and I can go by him. Like, and you know, at the NBA, like you being very fast, like will get you just some blowbys. But like, it in the NBA level, like usually that just means like you get a guy on your hip. Yeah. Then yeah. So it's like now it's like he's figured out how to give a, like a really good hesitation move or like 
just pull it back on somebody and then explode out the other way. And there's just no way you can stay in front of him. So that's the thing is like he's he's figured out how to play the game. Mm. Like if that yep. makes sense. Like right. Like it's before he had lots of basketball skills. Now it's he understands how to play the game at the NBA level. Plus he's shooting too. Like he shot well last year from the perimeter. He's shooting well again this year from the perimeter. And so it's like, okay, well, if teams sag off then, because they want to stay in front, he's knocking down shots, including that kind of clutch one against Atlanta the other night to effectively seal that game. So it's like you play under, he's good enough to hit it. You play too aggressively over the top or on the screen. One, he's a good passer. Two, he's an incredible driver. So it's just like his game, while still fairly simple, it's just like, well, you can't stop that level of athleticism and skill combo. And for a guy that's, he's smaller, but not small. Like, he's tough. So you're not just going like, to take him out of things sometimes like you can other smaller guards. So that's why I'm really digging, like, what you were saying, like, the Cleveland Cavs. is like him and then his backcourt partner that make up Sexland. Um, <laughs> Such a ridiculous nickname. I. Some of y'all might need to hit us up. It's either the best name in the league, like, guard combo, or it's the best. Like, it's best or worst. Yeah, there's no in-between. And I don't know I don't know where to put it. It feels like... I don't know. I think if, I lean best. Yeah, it's better than 7-Eleven. And that's what we <laughs> said. <laughs> that's the stupidest one. Um, yeah, that's... I, 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 I think is, I but... heard someone uh, said the Brooklyn Nets, like... Uh, home cat or like home announcers were like trying to play off it and like when Kyrie assisted on a Ke- Kevin Durant like shot or a score, uh, they said something about a big gulp. Yeah, it's like oh god, that's terrible. The that's worse. Like, I think we've like that's the, like the the ceiling. Like the ceiling is the roof on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I'm not digging it. But Sexland is it's cool. It's young. Um. The, the Cavs, it's like, again, wasn't crazy about them drafting Darius Garland a couple years ago. But now it's like, again, I, I don't still love Darius Garland. Yeah. But it's like, if Sexton can be this, you know, in like high, high level creator, and Garland's more of this CJ McCollum spot up, create a little type, then like maybe this just works. Yeah. I mean, like, there's hope in cleveland which isn't hasn't always been the case maybe um, definitely not since lebron has left i think that's something like you want to talk about how you get two like young guards going the Cavs are the second second in the league in points off turnover and then 15th in fast break points so they're paying with playing with some pace um they're, and, they're definitely capitalizing off of turnovers right but maybe not like just a normal defensive rebound but like at worst on turnovers, like they're making it count. Yeah, and I think that speaks to how Colin Sexton is playing and how Darius Garland's playing as well. And uh, their hot start to the season. I mean, four and two. Could you, could we find the Cavs maybe in the play-in talk? At ten, maybe it's not Charlotte or Chicago. Maybe like it's, it's the the Wizards are off to a one and five start, and like they're not a one and five team. But yeah, like that does that put them behind the eight ball some? And I mean, definitely a little bit. Like, considering like, the Magic have started really well and other yeah. teams. So, like, maybe that bottom of the East isn't as bad as we thought? 
I, I think that <laughs> the, the bar was on the lowest rung and maybe it got bumped up one, but like, I don't, I'm not going to act like it got bumped up, like, you know, to where like, I got to actually like put any effort to get over it. Yeah. You know, that's a fair point, but it's like the, the Cavs, they have this, you know, kind of weird team where like they're playing JaVale quite a, quite a bit and like Larry Nance this year is like averaging so far again, like nine points, like five assists. And like eight rebounds a game, and he's shooting like three and a half threes a game. He's playing the three. That's yeah. the wildest thing, and right? It's like he was like a small ball center without a jumper, so he had to be a center all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, what? What are we doing? But like his, like again, his three point attempts throughout his career, 2015-16, point two a game, and following year, point six, then point uh, two, and then 2018-19, one and a half. Last year, 2.8. This year, 3.5. It's like, okay. And the three-point percentage and that 33, 35% range, that's like, is this a thing? Yeah. Like, just like league average, maybe a little bit below league average, but still, like, that's... I didn't see Larry Nance as a play creator on yeah. the perimeter. Like, yeah. I just, I'm so confused in a way, <laughs> but also, like... You're Cleveland. What the hell? Like, why not, I guess. <laughs> I mean, another, like, super young player on that Cavs team, Isaac Coro, is playing yeah. well. Um, he's filling a role very well there. And he's yeah. obviously got some upside, like, as we saw in the preseason. Like, there's a lot there. And then Kevin Love, like, that injury sucks because, like, you kind of want to see what this team, like, more so is. And maybe Kevin Love, ultimately, it's really just a trade chip. But, like... Him and Andre Drummond's putting up like twenty and fifteen right now, and isn't like a sieve defensively. So yeah, you know, like the Hassan Whiteside like empty stats type of defense. Right. Like we talk about it on offense a lot. Like you know, bad team, good stats. Like that applies to defense also. So I uh, I'm very interested to watch this team for another like month, and that'll let me know like should I watch any more past that or not. But like the fact that they're in the conversation. It's yeah, if they make cast. it to February and they're still like around that 500 mark, like you have to shocked. you'd you'd have to feel pretty good uh about uh <laughs> about their chances to make a run at the play-in. Um so I mean kudos to Bo- uh not Boston. We we have the Boston Pistons game on uh which is just wild right now. Uh we uh <laughs> the Boston just won somehow uh and the Pistons uh absolutely threw that game away. Anyways, Jason Tatum got the game-winning uh, bucket and then the game-winning kind of block. Yeah, tie-up, whatever it was. was. Um, so, yeah, back to the Cavs. Um, they're, I mean, like, they're competent. Ish. Yeah. Ish. I mean, they're not, I wouldn't say all the way competent, but they're fun, like, at least. They even have, like, the, you know, Jetty Osmonds that it's like, oh, like, you can be an NBA player that just comes in like, hey, someone else is having a bad night. And, like, he'll get you, like, 10, 15 points. And it's, like, you know, not that their bench is great, depth and all that, but it's, like, the fact that Cleveland even has, like, what, seven, eight competent-ish players right now, I, you know, and we see other teams, like the Warriors, where it's, like, I want no one from your bench to step on the court at any point <laughs> in time, right? Like, it's or essentially that's what it feels like. And so it's, like, you know, of, of course, most people say, like, obviously the top end talent of Golden State's better, but, like, I, I mean, Cleveland might be a better team. Yeah. Which is really weird. It's a, it's a weird upside-down world we're living in right now. Uh, 
but I mean, good for the Cavs. Like, I I think this is good for the league. I think to show like you can lose a star and like build fairly organically. Yeah, and kind of develop and you know, especially in like a couple of years if they actually like make the playoffs. If yeah. they become one of those teams that elevates to like that seven eight spot, like that would be a big time. Um, not that Cleveland outside LeBron does much for the league in any really way, shape, or form. But like just the fact that if they could get to that spot would be like I think a a hint to the league of like look, it's not impossible. Yeah. Um, you can screw this up a couple times because they have screwed it up. And the Orlando Magic would be like, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you do once you get to the 7 or 8 seed, but you can get there. Um, so I'll start about the Knicks here. Because the Knicks have, although I we will continue to give them flack every single episode at some point, um, we'll, we'll give them a little praise right now also. And it's mostly based around the idea of, like, Tom Thibodeau is doing what Tom Thibodeau does. He's making them play defense. Do, do I have to eat my words about Tom, the Tom Thibodeau hire? I don't think so, because, again, we're still six games in. Yeah. But, like... He's he's definitely made some good adjustments. Not to say it's a perfect team, obviously by any means, but right. he's made some nice adjustments there. Yeah, not playing all the power forwards at once is one one thing. I guess it kind of helps when you like play Frank Nealakita, which we've been yelling about for how many years. Like he was hitting threes. Like they pulled out the Bucks uh, yeah. last week. Well, I think it was by, by like twenty, and like Frank Nealakita was hitting three. Julius Randle was pulling up from everywhere. It's just a weird game. Yeah, Julius Randle like being like a triple double machine there. Did not see that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, it's but, very weird. But RJ Barrett like is good. Like he yes. like of the three guys who were drafted last year in the top three, he gets talked about the least and kind of rightfully so because he's on the worst team. But like this year, he's been good. Like the other night when they were playing the Pacers, he scored like twenty five, shot really efficiently. Uh, from three and like it kind of is playmaking for that team can run a pick and roll competently and um i don't know i've just been kind of impressed with rj barrett so far early on in the season it's not as big of a gap i think between one and two in those first two draft picks and jaw and zion as we thought rj and probably remembering that rj was the higher rated recruit than zion right right? he was like the number one like you know 1000 score on everything like there was like real talk like he's you know andrew wiggins got a lot of the hype coming out of canada a couple of years ago but it was kind of like the redo like no this is the the maple jordan mm. here with rj barrett <laughs> and i mean like he has been really good and they're letting him and we talked about it before the year are they gonna let him put up shots yeah. Or are they going to kind of limit him and play through all the vets and, and that whole deal again? And, you know, last year he was a rookie. Um, and so, like, you know, even if he did take a lot of shots, it didn't always go well. It's a rookie. But this year, it's like, one, he's jacking them. I love it. But, two, it's like he's doing it fairly efficiently. Yeah. And so, I'll, excuse me, I'll take this R.J. Barrett, you know, as terms of like buying that development and stock, um, moving forward, I like guess percentages so far this year aren't awesome, awesome, but like he's at seventeen seven three and a half. I was like, okay, well, if he's getting to the line quite a bit and shooting a good percentage there, you know, he's had a couple really nice games in terms of shooting percentages, a couple not. 
I'll still generally buy stock on a 6-7 wing creator. And, you know, right now Alec Burks is taking a ton of shots. I don't love that. But, like, okay, whatever. Someone's got to take some of the shots. Right. Especially, right. like, topping out some. Um, Austin Rivers has been out. So, you know, uh, I'm overall pleased with this team. Like, even Mitchell Robinson's getting still 28 minutes a game, even though Randall's getting a lot of the love inside. Robinson's still getting his looks. They're, I like that they're still playing the younger guys, um, like Kevin Knox, and you mentioned Neokila. His minutes could be even higher, but I mean, he's dealt with some injury stuff also. So the the one that I, I think injuries have come up here also, but it's like Dennis Smith's not playing a ton. You know, it's not a bad thing, but like Nerlens, they brought him in only 15 minutes a game right now. Yeah. So again, good management there. So maybe it's really just like if if they can develop a chemistry and a rhythm for like who's playing, you know, and then when, you know, these five guys are out here, who's who's the offense running through? Right now it's Julius Randle, and that's not the worst thing. It's not a playoff, you know, good enough. But like if this slowly trans- oh, transitions over to RJ, I think like that's what sets the Knicks up long term. Yeah, to- and it's not like they're like some juggernaut, like they're – 25th in offensive efficiency yeah that sounds like 10 um which is about right and like they're fractionally better than uh like they're fractionally worse than detroit pistons and detroit it seems like a slog to for them to score at times uh but defensively like they're a little bit better they're eighth in the league in defensive yeah efficiency which is right where tom thibodeau uh, you would imagine yeah, a top Thibodeau team team would be. Um, so, like, I mean, if they play defense and they're within that margin to win a game, like, they're going to win some games. Like, yeah. some bounces are going to go your way, and that's kind of what the Knicks have been lacking over the last couple of years is just the ability to go win tight games. They haven't been in the position to win them. Yeah, they're getting like. blown the doors off by yeah. 10, 15 points in the fourth quarter, and it's almost impossible to come right. back. Um, right. So... I, I don't know. I mean, there's some there's some hope in New York. It's not yeah. it's not like this team. I don't think is still in the conversation to make the play in. But no. it, it's if you're looking for positivity, RJ is still could be the centerpiece of this rebuild. Right. I think I'm almost expecting to like stay. Even if they're not winning competitive, till like March first. Yeah. And then, like, once you realize, like, okay, we're probably out of this, like, then do your tanking thing. Yeah. Like, the fact that the Knicks just didn't start the year unintentionally tanking, again, that's a win. And maybe, you know, there's a couple of these guys that you're, like, you're not going to be here long term. And whether it's an Alec Burks or who's on, like, a very, you know, reasonable deal, I think it's, like, $6 million. Like, maybe we can get, like, a first for you. And so it's, like, in a draft that a lot of people think is pretty loaded, Okay, that's just another asset that you're bringing in, and like that you would want to be bringing in. Um, to add another Kentucky guys are good this year, coming into yeah. the draft. So, um, but yeah, so there's a couple teams that surprised us in a positive way so far, but there's a couple that also haven't. Um, and that's the thing about these is you don't really see them coming, but it's Toronto and Denver are who we've got here, Ryan. And you. You posed the interesting question: Are these both hardened destinations that we need to consider more? I think for Denver, for sure, because like talking about defensive rating, not that this helps, 
but they're the worst Definitely team in, in defensive rating. But, like, their offense is pretty good. And, like, I don't know, like, is Michael Porter Jr. worth keeping around? Because he would be the centerpiece of that yeah. trade. Uh, he's putting up almost 20 a game right now. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to pass up, especially in what would be his, like, second year in the league, right? Essentially. Um, I, I think for Toronto, it's more of an interesting move because the chips would be all in for them again, um, which we've seen Toronto with that situation. Um, I just don't know, like, I don't think Houston would want either package, really, uh, outside of the Michael Porter thing. Um, and I don't think Denver would be willing to part with Michael Porter. I think those are interesting Harden destinations, though. Right. If those teams, if this prolonged stint of not being good stays around. I mean, because, again, Harden, he's, like, basically a walking playoff berth. Yeah. So, like, even if your defense does suck, like, your offense isn't going to falter. Like, it, it's it's going to probably get better um, with Harden. And, you know, Murray's back to his normal stuff where it's, like, you know, good some nights and other nights it's, like, get off the court, please. Yeah. You know, Jokic <laughs> is obviously the, the one that's yeah. the center of that team, right? He's averaging a triple-double right now. It's, like, 23, 13, and 11 just ridiculous but um i know we were talking off air when we were also watching the boston detroit game uh i mean just it's it's wide open highways to the rim yeah in denver yeah like there's just no rim protection and so that team yeah harden helps but there's other problems like they would need to address if they wanted to try and go for a championship this year someone like a jeremy grant would be really nice for this team um (laughs) Gotta get those body shots in. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, the wing depth is concerning. If we're going into the Denver talk, like the wing depth is all of a sudden concerning for Denver, and that's kind of the case with a couple of these teams that have been in playoff deep playoff runs recently. Um, I think an interesting piece that Denver could poke around with is Trevor Ariza. He's not playing right. for the Thunder right now, but that's someone like can shoot threes and defend it's just who are you taking minutes away from then is he coming off the bench is he taking paul Millsap minutes and does he really help with interior defense yeah maybe probably. maybe not um but at least he would help with wing defender wing defending which is i think yeah. part of the reason why that people are just getting free runs to the rim like there's no one on the perimeter yeah no one on the perimeter to defend really Right, and I mean, like, yeah, he'd be good in those, like, three, four, like, spots. Yeah. Right, and so, like, you could run, like, a Murray, Harden, whatever guard wing you keep in the trade, whether it's Harris or Barton or whatever, Ariza, Jokic, or maybe it's Ariza 3, Millsap 4, Jokic 5, whatever that is. Like, that's, I mean, it's helpful, I would say, but is that championship level? Maybe. If you have Murray, Harden, and Jokic... I mean, anything's on the table. Yeah, you're if if you're going that route with Denver, <clears throat> you're essentially saying like this: we have a two-year window, and if you keep Michael Porter, you could have a five-year window, I guess. Like it depends if Harden decides to stay, and what his like after this two years is up looks it, like. It depends <clears throat> on what Denver lets him do or not do <clears throat> yeah, off the court. That, right? That's a good point. Can you go do whatever you want on your non-game days? And then just show up for the games. Yeah. And or is it like a more of a regimented deal that Houston didn't make hard to implement? Um, I, 
don't know. I think uh, Harden, in a way, would very much enjoy Denver. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, like, if he just wants to do the California thing or whatever, then, like, there's just nothing you can do about that almost. Yeah, Send him to right. Sacramento or something. Um, <laughs> Send him to Cleveland. Like, why not? Windhorse threw that out on his pod as just like a, this is crazy, but like maybe not unfathomable deal. And uh, just from the perspective of like, you're never going to get someone like that. Oh, so like, 100%. Just go, go get them it. then. Yeah. Right. And just like, who cares if you got to give up, you know, the farm for him? Like, who cares? Right. Like, so uh, those several teams probably should not do that if you're like actually bad. But for these like Toronto and Denver, that like you're you're good and you're supposed to be good, and for whatever reason you're not good right now. Like these are the teams that like I don't care if Harden wants to go there or not, just trade for him. I would be more concerned if I was Toronto right now because it feels like okay. So last year you were good, kind of unintentionally. Yeah, we, like you we had really some... wondered if they were going to follow the playoff picture. Yeah, you had some leftover pieces and Gasol and Ibaka. Fred Van Fleet obviously stepped up. Pascal was amazing last year until the bubble. Right. Um, and now that's kind of starting to fall off. Like, Pascal has been just bad. Yeah. No, it's like, the fact that he's even up to 17 points a game is kind of like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you were that high. Even. Yeah. Like, he's really been not good. Like, he can't get himself going right now. And, like, that's, I think, what's going to just destroy the the hardened trade possibility is it's like you can't create for yourself it looks like you know last year obviously he did so maybe you don't want to read too much into six games but i don't know great players tend to be able to get themselves good shots right now pascal it's just like it looks like he's all over the place yeah i mean like he he kind of plays that chaotic right style anyway and when it's going bad it's going really bad and when it's good it's like ah this is amazing to watch he's just everywhere and like it's like the shot looks weird um yeah like it's just not going in right now i guess i don't i don't know how to explain that like i, I could as a off the dribble ball handler like yeah. one he doesn't have the handle right to really do it and when you don't have the handle you don't set yourself up like in a, to a good shooting motion and like good timing and form so if your handle's weak then, like, your shot's just never going to come out the way you want it to. You can be a good catch-and-shoot guy. But, like, that's why, like, some guys in, in the league, like Redick and, you know, Corver and all of them, like, their dribble extent is a sidestep or, you know, two dribbles and a floater. And, like, they don't do more than that because, like, if they try to do more, like, they couldn't get into the shot. That right. makes them so effective. Right. 100%. And, like, uh, like it's weird. Like, the center thing for... Toronto is a little weird right now too, um, in that like they have Aaron Baines and like Chris Boucher killing it. Yeah, it's been fine, um, but like uh, it's not reliable. Yeah, they're just like I don't know. This Toronto team's so weird. It feels like it should be so much better than it is, and I think we've had a track record of Masai and Ujiri now just making an all-in type of play with the Kawhi trade, and that worked out for them. And right. so, like, if, I don't know, if you're thinking about it, why not pull the trigger on it? I mean, Masai not signed past this year. That's weird. So, yeah. the fact that, again, it's like the Dan Tony thing last year. Like, why don't you have a deal done? Yeah. Or, like, part ways. Right. Like, so, that's part of it. Is it, like, he's he's too attached to some of these guys that, like, he's kind of homegrown? 
like OG, OG, Fred, Pascal, all in that category, right? And like really brought in Kyle yeah. too. Um, OG's been another real big concern. Right now he's averaging twelve seven and two, but shooting percentages are at forty two percent from the field, twenty five percent from three, and it's just like, man, I again I don't trust you to do much with the ball in your hands right now and we just paid you like 18 million <laughs> yeah it kind of felt like he was ready to take a step like in the bubble he looked pretty solid and still an incredible defender yeah um i mean there's there's lots going on with toronto so you could chalk it up to a lot of different things like they're not playing at home like they're in tampa tampa right now right. and they had an extended stay in the bubble because they of covid restrictions they had to be early to florida um mm-hmm. and so they were a team that had to stay longer um and so that situation was notably hard for a lot of players. And, I mean, it's it's a weird situation to be in now. You're not even playing in, you're like, around your house. Like, you have to figure out housing situations and all that stuff. But that's not changing for the rest of the season. Right. Most likely. Yeah. So, like, this is just kind of what it is. So is this what Toronto is without, you know, the normalcy of life? Or, you know, as normal as it can be right now? Like, or is it just like they're in a little bit of a funk? Yeah, I mean, like, this could break. at In the middle of this month, this could break, and they could turn out being this amazing team that we've kind of expected them to be, at least a serious, like, playoff contender. And it feels like they're just, like, kind of in that play-in uh, category rather than, like, a playoff lock. It's like me. how we felt about them last year yeah. is what's actually happening this, right. se- this season. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And maybe that's just it. it. You know, they had all the momentum from, you know, the championship last year that it wasn't going to fall off, but we, you know, it just, it delayed hit. And I, it's like, even their one win this year is against the Knicks. So like, and again, the Knicks, while we just talked about them being better than expected, they're still not good. Right. Right. And so it's like, what, a cup, excuse me, a couple losses to New Orleans and then two losses, or a loss to San Antonio and a loss to Philly. So it's like, again, all pretty good teams. You know, the Pelicans are probably in the play-in category of the West. The Spurs probably that play-in category of the West. Philly is obviously one of the better teams in the league this year. But it's like, I don't know, the fact that you can't pull out any of those so far is concerning. And then also, just real quick, the guard play hasn't been great. So it's like, it just doesn't feel like anyone's clicked yet yeah. for this team. It's like, if, if you know, Kyle's not doing well, who's he going to throw the ball to? And like, okay, well, I'll get a bucket right now. Like, right now, the only answer has been, like, Chris Boucher. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I think that's been some, like, I think Gasol is hurt there because he's been, he was able to kind of just make some ball movement and create some. Right. Uh, because he had some playmaking, even though he wasn't like a great dribbler, he no. he's so intellectual with the game that he could you know give good handoffs yeah. or like find cutters, like make passes that you wouldn't expect and all that. So it's just like helped create some easy offense. Yeah. Like when you got in a funk, and this year it's like who's who can just like oh yeah, I'll get us a bucket or like I'll just get us something you know simple right now, and it's easy to do that when you have the quads of the world or like elite passers um like Gasol but this year it's just like I it's the we've talked about it before like the sum is not equal to the quality of the individual parts and right. that's just what Toronto's figured out getting into and Nick Nurse is good enough to figure out just hasn't yet yeah I mean sometimes these th- things take a while 
Like, right? Like, to kind of reset. Maybe it's, yeah, 10, 15 games. Because, like, Fred Van Fleet, like, while he's awesome and we love him, like, is he creating for anybody else, really? Probably not. Like, he, he can really create for himself. Yeah. Um, he's just not that type of point guard to, like, set someone up. Um, right. So, I, I mean, the, I, this team kind of feels like that uh, Miami team that went, like, 11-30 and 30 and then 30-11 and 11 in the last half of the season. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they were really bad in the first half and then kind of flipped it around at some point. When everyone all starts getting tired or, like, yeah. loose on their COVID protocols, like, they're like, no, nah, we, we know what we're doing. Yeah. Figure it out. It could. Definitely could. The last team we'll talk about here is Brooklyn. Um, oh, boy. Kind of expanding on the Spencer Dinwiddie news a bit. Um, I picked Karis Levert as my sixth man of the year. I, I'm worried about that pick because is, are they going to get to the point where he's got to start a lot and he takes himself out of the running? Um, or they're just like, no, you're never starting. You're only ever running the second unit, and it worked out great. I don't know. But bigger concerns than my uh, sixth man of the year award. Um, <laughs> man, the Nets offensively just look unstoppable yeah the Kyrie Kevin Durant thing I like for as many concerns as I've had either vocally or just like talking to you Matt it's like those have kind of been put to rest because Kevin Durant looks awesome and Kyrie looks awesome as well (laughs) and those are the some of the two best players in the league and like when those guys are going it looks really great and they have some depth which like I we talked about some of their depth before and, like, it didn't work last year, but with these guys hitting, it's working now. Um, I'm still going to scream about Jared Allen not starting, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, this team looks like one of the best teams in the East, if not the best team. Like, have they... Yeah. Do they look better than Bucks to you so far, early on? It's like a 1A, 1B type of thing, I would say. Yeah. Um... I know there will be Sixers fans yelling at us because they're right. five and one about being the best team right. in the league. But and like the Nets, like even though the Nets got like bounced pretty hard the other day by Atlanta, and in a game where they had both Kyrie and Katie, like Kyrie was just really off. Um, which again, he's going to have those games. It's just like I'm I'm not worried about them as like a three and three team. Like I know they're much much better than that. Um, I I think. It's probably still Milwaukee, but, like, the gap that a lot of people associated with Milwaukee and everyone else, Brooklyn, it's kind of like Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and yeah. everyone else now, which is a testament to, like, just the style of play and, like, knowing, like, the playoffs, this is going to be a great team. I'm not worried about them, and I think they're at the, at this point, like, they're the solid, too. Yeah, there was a lot of talk early on about how like they were a really good defensive team. I don't think they're they're still I think have some wing defending uh that could be shored up. Um yeah. and it's just they're not as good defensively, but they're amazing offensively. Um so that's just going to get you at least the second round in the playoffs, like minimum. And then um, when it comes down to just who's going to hit some shots. Right. And then it's like you're putting the ball in Kyrie and Kevin Durant's hands, which is mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty good. Um, so I I like if you're Brooklyn, like the Dinwiddie thing hurts for sure. But if you think Karis LeVert's taking a step, and you think you've kind of passed over the James Harden like whatever trade, because I don't I think they've just said we're good with what we have. Yeah, 
maybe if another injury hits or something like that later. But like for now, they seem fairly content. Yeah. So like if you're going rolling with this lineup, like Karis Levert's been good, um, can score, and like this like Joe Harris, Torian Prince. I don't. I still don't know what Torian Prince is. That's kind of a big old question mark. But you have Jared Allen, good player. Karis Levert, good player. Joe Harris, good player. And the list goes on. Like that's at least eight to nine guys you can play. Um, yeah. And like it's not like a disaster. Um, so I, I don't know. It feels like to answer my own question, it feels like in my eyes at least the Nets have caught Milwaukee because Milwaukee's had kind of some weird early season things. I don't know yeah. if it's like a shortened season, uh, and like they've essentially turned over the entire roster. Um, so I don't know if there's some like chemistry things there or what, what's going on in Milwaukee, but there's just been some weird things in Milwaukee. And I think Brooklyn and Milwaukee, like you were saying, are really close together, if not neck and neck. Yeah. Milwaukee, again, another three and three team. That's better than a three and three team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like they had the opening night loss to Boston. Yeah, um, you're you're a step back Tatum three yeah. away from winning that game. Yeah, and then you go and you crush Golden State like you should. Um, you have the weird game against the Knicks. Then yeah. whatever the heck happened there, you go out, you stomp Miami by forty seven. That game, night. I watched that game on TNT and just couldn't believe the shots that were going in. Yeah, um, come back, lose to Miami by like ten. Yeah. And then they won the other day um, against Chicago, blew them out by like 30. Cool. So it's like they have three blowouts, a close loss to Boston, the weird game against the Knicks, and then the fairly close game against Miami. So it's like, okay, you easily could be 4-2, and 5-1. and one. Um, yeah, I was even like 6-0. and oh, Like you really... Yeah. <laughs> so like... It's it's one of those like let's just call them like realistically like a four and a half win team right now. Yeah. And they're at three. Yeah. So, you know, like I'm not I'm not worried there. Like the, the them in Brooklyn are the like, yeah, it's six games, I'm not looking at the record, I'm looking at the style and Drew isn't everything I think Milwaukee was hoping he would be so far, but like again, I'll I'll at least still bet generally on him like yeah, later on. It's right. not Eric Bledsoe. We'll yeah, that's that not one. a disaster. Like, that was an absolute disaster um, in Milwaukee and now in New Orleans. Yeah. Like, I, I'm still a DiVincenzo fan. So. He was, he's been good early yeah. on. Um, Lopez looks like he remembered how to shoot from yep. a couple years ago. So, like, I think once it all comes together, you give it a little more time to figure out all the bench pieces, which is, like you said, basically all new. Like, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been impressed with, I mean, going back to Brooklyn, I've been impressed with Steven Ash so far, mm-hmm. um, kind of playing with uh, up-tempo, kind of like what we would expect, I guess, yeah. um, and just kind of giving the green light to Kyrie and KD, uh, which I guess you should do, but, I mean, it's not like you're trying to force them into your stuff or your sets. It's it not just like Luke get, Walton making right. Darren Fox run set plays right. the entire it, time last year. Exactly. And, and I think that relationship there has been good so far. So, I I mean, like, if Brooklyn ends up at the two or one, like, a lot of that's going to be to Steve Nash's credit. And I wouldn't even be shocked if they finished at, like, the three. Yeah. But, like, again, when it comes to playoff time, they're a top two team. 
Yeah. I think the interesting matchup, I don't think we've seen it yet, is Brooklyn and Philadelphia. I want to see those two teams kind of go at it. Yeah. Barely um, contrasting styles. Yeah. But, um, again, Philly, so far, the experiment of Joel and shooters, Simmons and shooters looks good. Um, who knew? It's kind of crazy. Right? That every. You shouldn't double down on size. And. Anyway. Did you see Al Horford? Your boy Al Horford hit that clutch shot to beat the Magic the other night? He's shooting like he was in Boston three years ago. (laughs) That's been weird. Yeah. It's been Um, real weird. So we'll we'll end this week's pod with our segment, League Pass. What are you watching this week, Ryan? We talked a lot about them today. I'm going to watch the Toronto Raptors because, good lord, I want them to be fun. You know, I want him to, but again, like, not that this next week's make or break for them, but um, it's like, okay, if you're going to write the ship, you got to do it at some point. Mm. Um, who do they play this week? They got? You know, I was just looking at that because Monday they have the Celtics. Mm. So they're playing the Celtics in Tampa Bay. Uh, and then they play Wednesday against the Suns. And then Friday against the Kings, and then Sunday they end with the Warriors. Yeah. So some winnable games there. Um, you think the Celtics are beatable? The Suns look like world beaters, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Kings are very winnable, and the Warriors you should crush. Yeah. So you win two to three games, and you're back on track in your season. Yeah. If you go one and what? What did I say? Four there, and you're two and eight after this yeah, week that, that would feel disastrous that's that's a that's panic button alert yeah. time um so who you got matt i'll go indiana um, okay tune into the demonis Sabonis show um and so this week so monday they've got new orleans so that that'll be a fun one um wednesday they got houston saturday they got phoenix um so that's the three they only got three games this week so, again, all of those could lose all three. Could win all three. Right. All three are probably going to be really good games. As long as, like, the Houston one guys play um, for the Rockets, I think this, like, all three of those would be wildly entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. The Pacers, uh, to kind of my surprise, have been good this year. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, you know, they, they embraced the Sabonis idea and uh, not Miles Turner. So... We'll have to talk about them next week. Yeah. Uh, well, if they go on a big run this week, we have to. Yeah. For the, sure. The Pacers slander can be no more, I think, on this yeah. podcast, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. I, I guess I should be a Sabonis fan since he was drafted by my team, but, you know. Y'all terribly mismanaged his role on the whoa, team. Whoa, 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 whoa. He was lost <laughs> out on the NBA court with Russell Westbrook. Uh, I saw Russell Westbrook bark at him one too many times. Uh, anyways. That's all we have for episode uh, 96. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We will see you back for episode 97. Matt, do you want to say anything before we uh, end end this podcast? I'm just so excited we finally beat the Pistons. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I'm at as a Celtics fan so far this year. Oof. That's a big oof. Well, we'll see you back for episode 97. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Yeah.